Welcome to the Give This Podcast. I'm your host, Christopher Kai. This podcast is sponsored by the GPS Island Program, which Forbes has stated helps entrepreneurs become professional speakers. For more information, go to ChristopherKai.com. Our guest today is Jonathan Hando. He is counsel at Troy Gould, as well as a contributing editor at The Hollywood Reporter, and designs his own firm as well. Jonathan, welcome to our podcast. Chris, it's good to be with you. Thank you. So the first thing I saw in your profile is that you said that you have been on 1,100 media appearances, 1,100. That is true. That's true. I've been, Tell I've, us about the, the first, first one. <laughs> How do you got the first one? Because so many people want to get on TV, want to be more an authority figure, but you have literally done 1,100 of them. Well, the very first one is not even on that list, which is on my, on my website, jhandel.com, J-H-A-N-D-E-L.com. The very first one was actually when I was a kid. I was a, in my 20s. Um, I had stayed in Cambridge after uh, graduating Harvard, Harvard College, rather, and uh, had become a political activist, both gay activist and Democratic Party. And uh, Cambridge did not have a gay rights law. I decided to change that and started some groups and wrote, was asked to write an ordinance and things of that sort. But I was, on, I, I was asked to be on a local version of uh, Meet the Press, essentially. It was myself, someone from the uh, Governor Dukakis, the Democratic Governor's Office, uh, and um, a grandson of uh, FDR, a man named Jim Roosevelt Jr., who was active in the Democratic Party there. And, uh, you know, at first they overwhelmed the conversation, those two guys, and there were, then there were three press members. Uh, and finally I, you know, found my opening and jumped in and said, you know, the gay community, unlike the black community, because the, one, of the, one of the guys who's black, has had a different experience here uh, because the Democratic Party at that point was not uh, gay friendly. And I went on and actually managed to get FDR's grandson to make a uh, campaign promise. And that was, the, that was the cherry on the top that ended the show. Some years later, 20, 20 years later, uh, I'm practicing law in LA and I get positioned by our publicist as an expert on the negotiations between the writers, the screenwriters, and the studios. This is 2007. Now, I wasn't really an expert, but I quickly became one. I had worked 15 years earlier at the Writers Guild, the union that represents the screenwriters, and uh, quickly reacquainted myself with the very opaque contracts and things of that sort. And so the first lesson there is have some expertise that no one else has, and also get lucky, because what happened was, as some listeners may remember, the writers' negotiations fell apart and it turned into a strike. We had a screenwriter, screen and television writer strike in 2007 and 08. And the publicist had also urged me to start blogging, which I did. And suddenly, you know, I was quoted, the first interview that I had was with Variety, which I thought was going to go really badly. But like I say, I'd reacquainted myself with the material. It went really well. And the reporter starts calling me four times a day and ask, asking me seemingly casual questions. You know, why are the writers doing this? What are the studios going to do next? What does this mean? And then I would find my answers in variety the next day in the, in the trade newspaper, you know, quoted as an expert. And that led to the LA Times, the Associated Press, the, the New York Times. The, um, I mean, then the strike happened and it just, it just exploded. I would do six or eight interviews a day on some days. And, you know, driving between interviews, I do an interview on the, on the cell phone with a, with a print medium driving, driving between uh, television interviews. And the thing to understand, and 
the thing that I got intuitively because of my political involvement earlier, and then I now understand as a reporter, because this all led to me being hired uh, several years later by The Hollywood Reporter uh, as a contributing editor. I've written 1,400 articles for them in the last decade. Reporters are desperate. We are desperate for somebody who is authoritative, unbiased, if we're looking for someone who's not on either side, but we're looking for a nonpartisan unbiased. voice, Unbi <laughs> unbiased. So, you know, if, if, in other words, you know, there's a strike going on between the screenwriters and the, uh, the studios, where can we find somebody who's not on either side, but can give us an analysis? Yeah. We want someone who's intelligent, unbiased, and can speak in sound bites. And sound bites are simply an extension of what if you're lucky, your 10th grade English teacher taught you, which is you want to write visually. In fact, you even want motion. You want vividness. You want metaphor. If, I mean, and, and that's, that's the wish list, okay? I mean, I'll take what and I can get. Also, but you're also very animated. You talk fast, but you're adding a lot of value. But again, from a TV standpoint, that's great because, again, it's like one thing you're saying, I have to be lucky. So, but are you saying that someone might need a publicist to get that? Or, or if, if, let's say... All the reporters you see on NBC, ABC, CBS, they all have their, literally their emails usually or online, they're easily. So you're telling me they're that desperate for material that if someone conveys themselves as an expert and they have some videos that they have a high probability of being on, on, on the show or on TV? Potentially. I mean, you've got to, it helps to have a credential. I mean, when I, I called CNBC out of the blue and I go, is this Julia Burston? And she goes, are you calling to pitch me? Well, I knew there was no profit in answering that question. So I said, look, Julia, Jonathan Handel, I've been in the Wall Street Journal this morning and the AP and the this and the that. And I'm a former Writers Guild Associate Counsel, you know, the legal staff of the Writers Guild. As soon as I said that, she goes, oh! and she says, wait a minute, let me get my, let me loop my producer in. How quickly can you get down to Third and Fairfax, Writers Guild headquarters where they were, they had a, a remote. <laughs> and all of a sudden she was desperate for me. So, you know, there's a wheat from the chaff issue, okay? I mean, people are, are constantly pitching me as a reporter, you know, here's this expert and it's like well, you know your person's on and whether it's from a publicist or from the person directly and it, it does feel more credible if there's a publicist in general but you know i there are certain publicists that you come to realize are represent you know repeatedly represent people who are just not really experts or qualified to opine and others who are like oh wow okay that's a law partner at such and such a firm that i didn't know about that works on issues of xyz and and uh, yeah i'm writing a piece about that let me respond to this email so you know, there's, you've got to have, you've got to highlight a credential. You've got to be clear. You've got to sell yourself without seeming to sell yourself. It's a very hard balance. But yes, we are all desperate for people who can say things. I mean, Fox asked me, Fox 11 asked me, uh, you know, one day, uh, what's going on in that closed door meeting at the Screen Actors Guild where there was a lot of, they, they were tearing themselves apart. And I said, I think it's a student government food fight, an absolute free for all. Well, you know, they used that soundbite three times in the half hour because it's yeah. just so vivid and it captured the situation. So let's break that down. I mean, did you study that or you just love writing? Because again, what you do, I can tell it's like very high level in terms of how you say it, what you're saying and, and the sequence of saying it. So I want to help our listeners, right? So maybe they're not a lawyer. Maybe they don't, they don't have 1,000 presentations. Let's say they have a book and they want to really be profiled. So in the simplest way, when you say build credentials, and have these sound bites. I mean, did you do you feel that you're naturally gifted as a writer, or are you just like all things? It takes time for you to have these little quick sound bites. 
it never takes me any time. They just come out. So I think I am, <laughs> honestly, I mean, it's just, that's the truth. Uh, so I think I am naturally gifted, but it comes from, in part, from practice, from doing a lot of writing, from doing a lot, from reading good writing. Subscribe to The New Yorker if you don't, because it's, that's the, that's a great source of short, you don't have to commit to a novel, you just read The, the New Yorker? The New Yorker, The New Yorker magazine is fantastic writing. It's just Got really it. good writing. And, you know, read The New York Times. Uh, that's not just my liberal bias. It's also, it is good writing. Um, and don't speak, you know, pompously. If you have to use technical terms, you define them as you speak. Like the Screen Actors Guild today is actually, two unions merged. It's called SAG-AFTRA. No one in the civilian world knows what that means. And so when I have to mention them, I say, the Screen Actors Guild, SAG-AFTRA, said blah, 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 blah. You know, if you stand there and just use technical terms, say you're a lawyer or a scientist, without explaining them and going past them, uh, you might as well be speaking to the wind. I mean, yeah. no one's going to use the soundbite. No one's going to understand yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. Do you have another example of soundbites? Because that's a super, really, really important quality. Because again, we live in a world where you are Twitter friendly, Instagram friendly, Facebook friendly, news friendly. So any other examples, just to allow our listeners to just hear some of the more awesome soundbites that you've had or used. Sure. And remember that they, they have to be substantive. So the Screen Actors Guild was stalemating and Reuters called me and asked if the current leadership of the, of the guild would ever manage to do a deal with the studios. This was back in 08. And I could have said, no, they're dug in, da, 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 da. And he would have run that, but it's very kind of colorless. What popped in my head, they said, no, they won't you know, do a deal. No, because they've lashed themselves to positions the studios will never accept. And as soon as I said that, he goes, wait, I could hear his ears perk up literally. He goes, wait, 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 what? What? Say that again. Because it's, it's not only visual, it's got motion in it. It's got a frisson of violence, lashing yourself. It's got a historical illusion because the illusion is to Ulysses lashing himself to the mast so he doesn't get tempted by these beautiful women, the sirens, and run his ship aground. Um, you know, it's ironic because you're lashing yourself. It's got, you know, so many layers, and yet it's only a half dozen words. Uh, that's a great soundbite. Yeah, no, yeah, it's just yeah. a great soundbite. That's perfect. I mean, Jonathan, again, this is why I love these 10-minute podcasts, because even in 10 minutes, you can get so many soundbite gems of wisdom. I appreciate you. How can our guests stay in touch with you? They can find me at my website, jhandel.com, J-H-A-N-D-E-L.com, and my email address and various social coordinates are on that website. Great. Jonathan, thanks again. Have a great day. Thanks. You too, Chris. Thank you for listening to our Gifters podcast. If you want to turn your story into a successful speaking or coaching business, go to ChristopherKai.com for details.